This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hello. Hi. This is Eric. This is Brittany. And we are for Colored Nerds. We still are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's it going? Going pretty good. Yeah, really? Yeah. How's yeah. life? It, life is good. Um, still doing that podcast? Stop. <laughs> really, you need to stop. <laughs> Dad joke this. of the year. God. Okay. Well, welcome. We're glad you came back. Despite if you're still listening, shit. Yeah. If you didn't just turn the shit off after what, after Eric, five seconds. Yeah. After five. After Eric's wonderful display. Welcome. We're glad to have you back. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited for this week. <laughs> you, you say that every. <laughs> you say that every episode. I'm actually really excited. Yeah. You're hype. You've been trying to. You've been trying to have this conversation. But it's only like probably about five weeks. I think. Yeah. Okay. I might be exaggerating. Maybe a month. I've been trying to have this conversation. Yeah. I've been ducking and dodging a little. Bit. Yeah. He's been ducking and dodging. But today, finally, say we're gonna do it. Find it. What's that? I said today we're gonna do yeah, it. Yeah. Today we're gonna do it. Today we're gonna discuss one of my favorite things and yours. <laughs> Empire. Oh, you did so. look at that. Look at that. Yes. Edemba God. Um, so, yes. Basically, Empire, for those who don't know, is the blackest show that I think that's on television right now. Mm. I know I know you have some. Mm. I know you just you came out the gate with that. With that. But I, I'm going we're gonna to work backwards. Okay. Or whatever. This is leading. Let me just start my shit, okay? Jesus. I so, <laughs> today we're going to talk about Empire. Yourself. You know, arguably, we'll say the blackest show on television yes, right now. Yes. I mean, you can't deny it's black as hell. It's real. It's real black. It's and like really in black. the best and worst ways. It's the be- uh, to me the best, only the best possible. Well, I think it's good. I mean, it's um, a good show. So yeah, so it's comes on Wednesday nights, nine p.m. Fox, and it stars. Hmm. What's that guy's name again? I can't remember it. Tan Tower. Bad. Tan Tower. Jesus. I thought you interestingly. I was enough, about to call him by his character's name. I'm surprised you didn't lead with Taraji. I'm going to. We say the best for last. Um, so it stars Terrence Howard. Yes. And my favorite, mm-hmm. Taraji P. Henson. Howard alum. Can we just, can we just point alum. that out? Yes. H-U. She's a, H-U, a beautiful Howard woman. They, they co-founded this record label with drug money. There's like entry cookie. Who's played by Taraji P. Henson. And yes. Lucius. 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 Yes. Lucius. So cookie lion and Lucius lion. Divorced couple, formerly married, parents of three children, three boys. So you have the oldest son. Mm-hmm. What's his name? I think his name is Andre. Uh, hopefully his name is not like Lucius Jr. Look it up. So we got the oldest son, probably named Andre, likely Andre. Second, oh yeah, Andre went to business school, married to a white woman. Second, we got Jamal. <laughs> That's all this. 
It's just hilarious to me that that's all that matters to him. Well, is, I mean, this is a great recap. Right. Let's keep going. So then we going. have Jamal. Jamal is gay. Jamal is the t- is the closest to Cookie, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And the mom, Taraji, and Jamal is. In the closet to the world, but not to his family. Yeah. And Lucius is not cool with the fact that Jamal is gay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come back to that. He, though, has a lot of talent. So he's yes. really talented. He's Very a recording talented. artist. He's singing songs. R&B, really, really, really good songs. If mm-hmm. I'm honest, the fact that they're putting these out every week amazes me because I'm like, well, the quality of these songs. Timbaland does the music. Exactly. Timbaland does music, just to let y'all know what's going on. Then you got the third son, Hakeem. Hakeem's a typical youngest. So he's raised as kind of like a spoiled brat because Andre and Jamal remember when they didn't have shit. But Hakeem didn't know the salad days. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He only knew when they were living high off the hog. So Hakeem is like a fake thug rapper. He's kind of talented, but he's lazy. Yeah. But and like, ignorant. Andre, what's that? And ignorant a little bit. And a little ignorant. Like, yeah. willingly, like, diving toward ignorance. Yeah. So, we have Jamal. Uh, Jamal and Hakeem are actually really close, right? So yes. So, their parents, though, are very interesting. You have Lucius, who is kind of like a Jay-Z type character. Maybe Jay-Z before he got the Obama stamp of approval that he was, like, a real adult. No mm-hmm. longer, like, you know, like the paragon necessarily of, like, the present-day hip-hop community. Yeah. When he kind of got... Like grandfather status? I feel like he's like Jay Z who like completely embraced new blackness. Kind of. Like whole like you know, if somebody just went hard line zero to a hundred new black, you would get Lucius. Kind line. of, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. A little bit. A little bit. He's still if a rapper did it. As much as like I don't know. This is anyway, I'm, continue. I'm curious to hear more about that actually. Mm. Okay. Keep, I want, so, okay, all right, keep going. So anyway, so he's kind of like supposed to be kind of like your Jay Z. You're supposed to feel a little puffy, a little, a little, you know, Dame Dash from him. So he's like this, like you know, probably former mogul. Now he's like the head of this. Is it? Are they call Empire Records. Empire Records. It is Empire Records. I'm sorry. And Everything with the show is so literal. Yeah, I couldn't the, believe that's what's called. The logo is literally his face. Terrence Howard. Not even hit. This like doesn't do it justice. This is Terrence Howard we're talking about. Terrence Howard's face. Looking to the sky, true, almost kissing God. Yeah, and he even has a with wave his, with his conch pressed. Yeah, to look kind of like a wax record. The first two episodes he had basically well, kind of the like first a one. The first one he had, he had like it was a conch, and yeah. it was a beautiful conch. Oh yeah, and for like, the, for y'all who don't know. Oh yeah, I'm embarrassed that you don't know, but whatever. For y'all who don't know, because maybe you're young, yeah, and or maybe you're not black. <laughs> a conch is as a perm is a perm, which also is funny because a perm is still shorthand for permanently a permanent like permanently straightening your hair some people don't know what a perm is which is embarrassing Yo, yeah that's I why white people perms that. when they remember we watch uh, fresh out the boat the other yeah. day they're talking yeah, about success perms yeah a perm to white people is having getting your hair permanently curled for us it's the opposite so we all think different things about perms. It's very deep. Yo, you just put you just put me on right there. I got right, it. like Thank perm you. rods. You know, do you yeah. know what perm rod is? Like a hair thing. Yeah, that's what it's for. It's for white people when they put activator or whatever. Yeah, it's they put activator. it on the perm. They wrap their hair around the rods to make it curly, and that's how their perm sets. That's deep. Look at me on it. Like it's crazy. It's You're crazy. going off already. We I know already. Like six minutes. Heat, heat rock. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so you have Lucius. So he's. Kind of like a basic asshole. He's like an asshole, but he's Leader in charge. He runs shit. He owns a company. He's always trying to pit his kids against each other. He's rude to Cookie. Now, Cookie 
Cookie. Cookie. Who is Cookie? Cookie is the star of Empire. Cookie is... Breakout star, some would say. Yeah, breakout star. I think because people were kind of thinking, I think that it was going to be... It was be supposed to be Terrence. Terrence Howard. And then Taraji was like, nope, not having that. Cookie is Lucius's ex-wife, the mother of Andre? All of them. No, no, no. I know, but that's his name. Uh, it is Andre. Okay, you checked. All right, cool. Yeah. So, we fact check it. Andre, Jamal, Hakeem's mom. I love how Andre, like, we just threw Andre out there and it just wasn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, some would say maybe we're subconsciously like, we remember, but no. We just yeah, guessed. Yeah, we're like, okay, it's born a good in guess. the early 80s, yeah. uh, oldest child, probably an Andre. Andre. Okay, right. Next one, Jamal. Yep, Jamal. <laughs> exactly. So, she's the mother of Andre, Jamal, and Hakeem, and she just finished... Oh, no, actually got out early of a 17-year yep, yep. bid Wonder instead why. of in prison. Maybe we'll find out. Exactly, we're going to find out. Basically, it was like some drug stuff. And it, the thing that she keeps coming back to is that when she got into prison, Empire was kind of coming together. When yep. she got out, all of a sudden, like, Lucius is the man. Everybody got money, living in mansions, just chilling on yachts. It's like, like Empire is essentially an empire. Yes. And she's like... I'm going to get shit. what's mine. Right. Yep. She's like, she never lets you forget. Because again, the show is so every, every, every episode, she's like, scene. oh, did Lucius tell you that I started this, we started this company with my $400,000 of drug money? I love it. She never like even breaks up that sentence. Yeah. My $400,000 of drug money. Yeah. You can, she can't just say my money, my $400,000. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's like, no, you're going to know exactly what we started. This I was moving with. this weight. Right. Exactly. I was out she's here. like, with this cocoa? Exactly. She was, in love, she with was in love with the cocoa. Yeah, she was. So that, like, basically, basically Lucius gets sick. Cookie's out of prison. Andre wants to take over the company. Oh, yeah, because they don't really know that Lucius is sick. Lucius is keeping that secret from his family. Yeah. But he's basically using that to sort of pit his sons against each other so that one of them will come out as the leader of Empire. But Cookie got other plans. Everybody got ulterior motives. It's side characters. It's recurring characters. It's mommy problems. It's daddy issues. It's homophobia in the black community. It's perceived homophobia in the black community. It's fighting. It's shootouts. It's It's hot music. It's murders, threesomes, intrigue. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Thank you. I'll cut (laughs) to I'm sure I'll go back and listen to that and be like, what the fuck was I talking about? But I'm feeling hot right now. Yeah, that was good. I mean, I almost don't want to cool you off. We need to ride this way. You're right. That said, I think it's interesting. The show was originally supposed to be based off of Shakespeare, King Lear. Um, Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, it follows a similar format in terms of you have the... uh, the patriarch trying to pit his three sons basically against each other to mm-hmm. figure out who is going to be his heir, who's going to be responsible for the kingdom. That's so um, deep. Yeah, so that's kind of where you know that yes. that comes from. Well, empires. Wait, I really didn't know that. That's really deep. Yeah. I can't There's a couple articles share. about that. Oh, I didn't even. You didn't tell me or anything, but it's fine. <laughs> but aside from the fact that empire is super fun and really soapy and really crazy and very, very, very black. It features Taraji P. Henson in a variety of different leopard print outfits. Aside from all of these things, there's it's also really interesting as its own thing. It's extremely campy. It's very black in that it it doesn't explain certain things to the audience. It doesn't treat it treats the audience as if they have a working knowledge of blackness, which is to say, it's made by us by mm-hmm. Lee Daniels. Yeah, for us. It's true, and these are things we, you know, this is basically what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, there's a lot, a there's recap. a lot in that. In in that, this is a very black show that's made by us for us. That's also a nighttime self. That's also completely crazy. There's a lot of, there's a lot there. For yeah. Us to work with. So I mean, before we get into that, I think it's is is interesting to talk about kind of how we came to the show. <laughs> yeah, because you, you want ten, you want ten. I'm just you're trying. right. We're gonna get there. You're right. It's all good. You're right. But 
here's the thing. I mean, we talked about this. We saw, everybody saw like the the promos that came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and the, the subway pro- ads are everywhere. Yeah, and it was like I, I would see the promo and I was just I grab my forehead like, oh lord, like what this, this is gonna be some mess. But I was excited. I was I'm like, see, well, I, was I was like, excited. I don't watch it. Hustle and flow turned me Yo, off some one, type of way. First well, off, you're from Memphis, so you're I'm from Memphis. different. I mean, it, it wasn't a great representation of Memphis by any means, but. <laughs> I fucking love Hustle and Flow. I mean, in general, we when we had this talk before, I'm a huge fan of trash TV. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, or camp, as some people would say. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. But it reminded me immediately of kind of power. Like, the, the oh. setup, how they initially presented it. Explain what power is, because so, I don't even know what network it came on, but I know what you're talking about. Power is a show on Showtime, right. which tells kind of a similar but very different once that you get into the, the details. That was produced by 50 Cent. Exactly. Yep. F- 50 Cent. Or I don't think anybody actually says it like that, right? What? Nobody actually says 50, 50 cent. No, it's 50. I say 50 cent because I, can, I have eyes. I can see that it's 50. But 50 cent. Anyway. anyway. So so it's about a club owner, uh, in this case, who is secretly a kind of a, a drug dealer, mm. head of this drug dealing Gangster. empire. Gangster. Yeah. Reminds me of a Lil Wayne. See, Katie, what you don't know is I'm a gangster. Please, please, please. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, so it's kind of that trying to play off of uh, him trying to live his life right, and then coming under all these attacks for his for his empire. Hmm? Okay, so to say, and that was initially they kind of played it up like Empire's team played it up like it was very similar to Power, but Mm -hmm. just kind of on um, broadcast television. Uh, or network TV. Oh, okay. And it's really not that similar at all. No, from what you just explained to me, and from what a little I, I knew about Power, it seems like they're completely different shows. Power was a little bit more like, seemed like a drama. Yeah, it's definitely more serious. It's definitely, it's still kind of campy. Like, mm-hmm. it's still kind of over the top, but it's definitely less self-aware. Yeah. You can tell they're trying to do it right. Empire feels like they're winking at me every. I love it because I feel like they're looking. They're literally looking me in the eye and winking at me yeah. every episode. Either that or beating you over the head with whatever it is they're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. But, but it yeah. was my four hundred thousand dollars of drug money that started the company. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's yeah. how often they mention that shit on Empire. But go ahead. That's that's kind of how I came into it. But once I actually watched it, I was like, oh man, there is something here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck. The show is like it's really like as you say it's a amazingly over the top and it's also kind of it's definitely like very very black and like I think (laughs) I mean it's hard to say like it's hard to say that's a blackest show on TV because the only reason I would disagree with that comment Mm -hmm. is just because of blackish which I feel like has come out and is is an awesome show and is a very much a I mean you can't compare the two like the narratives are completely different it's trying to reach completely different types of shows different audiences yeah well I don't know if it's a different audience I think they're trying to say different things well I think they're different audiences just because blackish is a family show and Empire is not a family show true I give you that well, I mean, I honestly, mean, families are watching. I, be, I was going to say, if I was like in middle school or something like that, yeah. my whole family would be sitting around watching Empire together. Just, I already know yeah. that. And it's funny that you say that. I mean, because one thing we haven't really talked about is its massive success. Like, <laughs> Empire is basically setting records for its ability to continually add millions, millions of week. viewers every single week. Like they, I want to say one week they made a jump from eight, eight million to 10, 10 or eleven million in a in one week. That's like. At that point, 
you know, the the heavy marketing obviously pays off, but a lot of that is going to be word of mouth. Yeah. I can't remember if you t- if it was you who told me this or if I read it, um, but basically someone was saying that it's, for women, it's the equivalent. Oh, yeah, black women. It's the equivalent of a Super Bowl every week. Yeah. Like, that's how seriously it dominates, like, like the, the viewership. The same way we're going so hard for, like, Shonda on Thursday... It's almost like as a people, we're going harder. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All Empire. of us are going harder for Empire on Wednesday. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. That, that I think, is maybe a good segue into talking about Empire as camp and as black camp. Because, you know, Shondaland shows are all Did you all say Shondaland? Camp. Shondaland. When you say Shondaland, it makes it sound like Ireland. Like a real nation state. Anyway, like a place where you can go. I mean, it should be a place where I you know, can go. I know, I wish I could go. It would always I have a man under. in Shondaland. <laughs> and he's a certain hue. But, um. The shade of you! <laughs> Stay mad. Anyway, anyway, keep talking. Okay, so, no, all her shows are pretty campy by design. And I think, you know, some of them more so than others. Like, How to Get Away with Murder is amazingly campy, I think. It's yes. Oh, yeah, most, I love it. Well, actually, no. Scandal. Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. They're compete. neck and neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much for how much camp. Scandal definitely has a more, like, outrageous storylines in terms of, like, yeah. warring nations and the president yeah. starting a war for his black mistress. Right. I think is pretty yeah, that's, over the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite, oddly enough, a bunch of law students conspiring to cover up the murder or of death. One man. Of one person is way more feasible yeah. <laughs> than anything that happens on Scandal. But, I mean, both are very, very campy shows. And those shows really kind of started the conversation of, hey, black people can can lead a show. Yeah. You know, we can be a part of a cast and maybe that show can be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that we, I mean, we definitely dove headfirst into supporting those shows. Yes. Um, and even, for example, like a Sleepy Hollow. Like, yes. people really into Sleepy Hollow as a result, or black people really into Sleepy Hollow as a result of them, you know, really embracing a strong um, black female lead. Mm-hmm. Black and, female lead, period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that she exists is a big deal, yeah. but yes. I think it's unique. I think Empire is unique because the whole show, the whole fucking show is black. Mm-hmm. Like, there's basically, there's like one or two white characters who yeah. recur. Actually, I think only the only the there's uh, the wife. wife of the wife is white of Andre. Andre's wife don't know her name at all. Actually, I have no clue what her name is. And then Jamal's boyfriend is ah, Latino. He's Latino, but um, but he's brown. But yeah, other than yeah. that, the oh, and then the the feds. <laughs> oh, and you missed last week's episode with um, Courtney Love. Courtney Love, oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was but amazing. It's very it's very few white people on the show, and very I think few. they're on the margins. Yeah, and I think that is. I mean, I think that's a, kind of a result of their ability to really capture the entirety of the black viewership compared to, like, A Scandal or How I Get Away With Murder. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, now, that's not to discredit no. any of those two shows. It's just when you have more black people populating a cast, especially a cast with a, a world as big as Empire's world is, there are different points of entry for almost every single type of yeah. black person. Do you know what I'm You can identify, I can identify with multiple people on the show. Yeah. I mean, definitely. So, like, just to kind of point it out, like, if you have, you know, you have your people who are from the hood, like Bunky. R.I.P. Yo, what? you spoil it. You Sorry. Spoil it. <laughs> Look, if y'all ain't know Bunky, Bunky died the first episode. If y'all ain't know Bunky is dead, I don't know. I don't understand how you're even going to work right now, having friendships, maintaining your family relationships, not having watched Empire. 
You probably want a black Twitter for like more. Than That's five true. Minutes. If you don't know Bunky is dead, I can't help you. <laughs> That's it. But anyway, you have Bunky, like you have people who are from the hood. You have you know Vernon, who's much more of a like you know I made a type of brother. Mm-hmm. Or also like Anika, who is his uh, Lucius's um, new new person, new bag, new love, new interest, love. fiance. Or yeah. Whatever. But anyway, I think you're right. There's definitely points of entry everywhere in there. But I appreciate the ridiculousness of the storylines and kind of the campiness of it. Because it reminds me so much of soap operas. And it is a soap opera. It is a soap opera. And if you think about it, soap opera, I mean, well, even it's interesting to say evening soaps because soap operas don't really exist as much anymore. Like almost all of them are canceled. And so I think on the whole, soaps, you know, as we knew them or that type of like continuing drama that's like just amazingly over the top. Mm -hmm. And and going for decades. Yeah. The same characters have shifted to evening TV. Yes. Even if you look outside of, you know, the black community and the black shows. You got Nashville. Yeah. And they're... Um, or Revenge. Yeah. My mom loves Revenge. Or even if you go to, you know, pay television or cable television, you have you have True Blood. True. Which, you Which know, is basically like a horror soap opera. Exactly. And there are, I'm sure there are a few other shows. There's some def- definitely some ones I'm missing that I feel like I even watch. Oh, even, there's even some that are kind of on, um, you know, some of those... CW shows. Yeah, CW. Definitely those... Teen soaps. I mean, yeah. teen soaps are always popular, but even on like your USA's, oh, and like your, suits, exactly. Yeah, like your USA's or your TNTs or TNT, TBS, yeah. TBS. Yeah, even those. Yeah. you have your you have some evening soaps. So, I mean, I think it's interesting how those things have kind of like how that those trends have shifted. I almost miss soap operas in their kind of in their heyday. I'm actually a big. I mean, I love trash TV. I'm a big soap fan. My mom used to watch soaps all the time. Mine too. And when you know you had those rare occasions where I was where I was quote unquote sick and wanted <laughs> to stay home, you know, you couldn't watch like I couldn't do whatever the whatever the fuck I wanted to in the house. No, you had to sit right next to your mother. Yeah. And are you sick? You can't play video games. Exactly. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, actually you're right. You sure you don't want to watch Nickelodeon? Right. <laughs> you sure today just changed your heart from a six spirit yeah. right now. And my mom's like, no, we about to sit up here and we about to watch Days of Our Lives. Or mm-hmm. we about to watch um All My Children. No young and my grandfather my grandfather, I was telling you, is we're a CBS soaps family. Mm-hmm. My auntie, I told you, watches General Hospital and Days of Our Lives. She would branch out a little bit more to the other networks, but we talk about what comes to my mom and my grandfather, it was actually my dad's dad. They were so massively into Young and the Restless. Because Young and the Restless yeah. in the 90s had these black-ass storylines. So like yeah. Shamar Moore, Christoph St. John, Victoria Rowe. I know all these I people. I actually used to watch it from, yeah. Yeah, wow. and I actually, I sometimes would um, get my mom to buy me the CBS Soap Digest from the grocery store now wow. that I think about That's it. Because deep. it would give you... Um, <laughs> Well, because what would happen is over the summer, sometimes I would get into it with mm-hmm. my mom because I'm out of school. So I'd be watching. It's the only thing, you know, all other shows are on hiatus during the summer. Yeah. So your soaps are still going on during the summertime. I get into like what Reva and them was doing. Oh, man. Reva. Remember when she had the clone? Yes. Yo. Yes. I'm sad I just oh pulled God. that out of my fucking God, mind. I didn't right know now. you was a Gotti Light viewer. Yo. Chill. We, this uh, is a moment. This and is this deep. is on the internet. Wow. Forever. Yeah, okay. Forever. But oh, yeah, no, Reven. Wow, I'm sorry. This is deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god. But yeah, no. So I, um, I want you know what Reven that was doing during the week, and what had happened with Brooke and her son and Amber, the babysitter on Bold and the Beautiful. So I would make my mom buy me the CBS Soap Digest from the grocery store. But soaps are they're communal in that way. You yeah. they, you don't really have to like 
if you miss an episode or you miss a week or you miss a month, they catch you up (laughs) immediately. It don't take nothing for you to get back into them. And I think that people miss people miss having that type of communal viewership. And so as they've like you said, as they've not been on television during the day, you know, just due to changes in programming and what people like to watch during the day. People, there's still a space for soaps. It's almost like I feel like more evening soaps have popped up yeah. as a result of not being able to watch them in the daytime. No, totally. And I think, I mean, I think it's also interesting the kind of the seeds being planted for Empire as they come. Like you mentioned, they had a lot more like black storylines on traditionally white soap operas, but mm-hmm. you also had a show like Passions, <laughs> which was meant to be kind of like the black soap. They wouldn't let it get all the way black. No. But like it was meant to be more the black soap opera in that its cast from like its onset was just it had more non-white stuff. people on it and also probably because it was like kind of mystical yeah the you know what I mean ridiculous. they had a they had I mean just for just to point this out if some of you don't know one of the big subplots involved <laughs> Satan like lit like the <laughs> and they referred to him as Satan, Satan. and Satan was hell. a guild character yeah hell was a location in the scripts <laughs> trying like basically trying to take over so like passions i mean passions went there passions was real yeah passions was real i had a couple decent summers where i was interested in passions i know you i watched passions at howard that's how deep it was i will watch passions (laughs) yeah why didn't you talk to me about this we was watching passions and drew hall drew hall yeah i mean y'all heard it y'all heard it here first i mean look it wasn't, I won't say, by the time I got to Howard, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't as into it as I used to, but mm-hmm. as I used to be. If it will come on, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? And especially Passion specifically, because it was so fucking ridiculous. It was so wild. Passion like, was so wild. They had no chill. They had no chill. Whatsoever. So I was like, you know, uh, fuck it, let me, let me sit here. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't going to be on time for class. No way. No, I mean, I probably wasn't even there, so. <laughs> so yeah, so I would watch that, I would watch Law & Order. Which also is kind of like a soap opera. It is. It pro- I mean, actually, it's very interesting that you bring it up because there's so many procedural soaps. Yeah. Like that overlap. I mean, it's just like, it's right. That's like my sis- my older sister, that is her sweet spot is procedural soap opera. Mm. Do you know my sister is the only black person below the age of 65 who never misses an episode of Blue Bloods because of Tom Selleck? <laughs> that's deep. I mean, CBS, that's CBS, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday night, CBS? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so now y'all know how completely fucking washed we are. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. 
Ashley High Performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life. At capella.edu. Uh, but no, but you make a very, you make a very, you make a very good point about the transition. The transition from you know daytime soaps to these evening soaps because we're all still hungry for those storylines. Yeah. And I mean, bring it, bring it back to Empire. I mean, Empire storylines I think are are pretty fucking amazing. And, yes. And even, yes. Yes. I mean, what I wouldn't say they're amazingly original. You haven't seen them on network TV in a long time. You called this out. Actually, we were at brunch the other day. Yes. <laughs> Bridget was like, "Yo, it's got a Nation of Islam subplot." What like, have you ever seen? That's what, and that's why I say that. Empire is the blackest show on television because when the fuck you ever seen a Nation of Islam subplot? The best part is too, again, like I said, it's made by us, for us, because she's like, you know, if we sign this dude, we're going to have to get back in with the nation. You're gonna have you, to- know they, you know they killed your father. <laughs> I just like, realized that I'm black, so when she says we got to get back in with the nation, yeah. I know what she's talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. When she went to go meet with this, this just to give you guys um, just some insight, there was this some rapper spoilers, that were, some what? spoilers whatever okay whatever spoilers are a big deal y'all gotta grow up y'all gotta grow up get over these spoilers and shit anyway hashtag trigger warning empire spoilers what I'm trying to say is there's this certain pop point where they're trying to sign this rapper who I don't even know if they've brought him back up in conversation again since then but whatever uh-huh. they try to sign this rapper to empire he's in prison so they have to go talk to his mother who's in the nation of Islam mm-hmm. right cookie goes to the place where the mom is and like has her hair wrapped and sits down and drinks tea with her and I was like I remember looking at that and just being like I never in all my days thought I would see some shit like this in my in all my days did I never I never imagined that I would see one of the highest rated television shows in the country probably then in the world you know if that yeah where I see two black women sitting down, just having, just talking about nation stuff. And talking, like, referencing the nation, like... Like it was just, like, it's ice cream or, you know, the Super Bowl or anything else that people just talk about. Just because yeah. you have prior knowledge already. Yeah. Like, they didn't explain shit to y'all. So if you don't know what the nation of Islam yeah. is, then it's like, sorry, you got to get left behind. I love that. I love how black that is. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty great. Like... <laughs> If you and honestly, you could even really catch up for you know for our viewers who are white and you're trying to get an idea of the nation. It might not always be the fairest portrayal, but if you go ahead and watch, I mean, watch Malcolm X, of yeah. course. Obviously, it's the first one you start with. Also, watch Ali. Yeah, watch Ali. If you watch most of the spy, early Spike Lee movies, have one or two references in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I, I've actually been to the the. I've, I've thoroughly been, referenced. We've the, all. We've all been. We've all been. Day. What's that? Had that day where you yes, we've all <laughs> we've all had that day where we decide to Wikipedia Nation of Islam just because we know about it, you know, what I'm yeah. saying? just colloquially, just yeah, exactly. So when you actually go look at look it up, and then you see the picture of Doctor Yaku, 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just are like, all right, well, okay. I can't hear this conversation. But anyway. Anyway. So, <laughs> so there's a nation is a nation of Islam subplot, which is great. And, you know, and very, res- like, handling in a very respectable way, which yeah. I, I thought was really cool. Except that you people, killed my father. Yeah, well, that. Part. But yeah, because uh, people, just within our community, people feel different ways about the nation of yeah. Islam. And they didn't, like you said, they didn't necessarily take any stance. Yeah. They just made it a fact, the way it is in real life. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. Some people are nation and some people aren't. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, in my everyday life, that's my experience of it. Yeah, and I, I mean, you're exposed to that differently depending upon where you are. Like, I didn't really know that much about the nation until I got to Howard. I was going to say, when once you once you cross the Mason-Dixon, that's yeah, when... That's when shit get real. We're, we're real about it up north. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know your place, too. Yeah, like, you, you, have can't, to, you have to know things about it. It's part, it's, it's cultural fluency. Yeah, I'm just saying, you can't talk reckless about the nation. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Anyway, so there's that. In addition, I think it's, it's interesting about, like, the murder subplot. And to bring the Shakespeare reference back, so the homeless guy who they talked to about Bunky's murder. Oh, yeah, just to let y'all know, Lucius did it, obviously. It happens in the first fucking episode. Yeah. So if you ain't even seen the first episode of Empire, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, watch it. Third of all, Lucius kills Bunky. I don't even want to reference who he is to cook it because we'll get there. You got to say I'll be well. All we'll, right, we'll all right. get there in a second. All right. But to somebody who's been running with Empire for a long time, Bunky is one of the first people. He's a relative of Cookie. He is somebody who basically helped build the company from the ground up. Yeah. And Lucius, they get into it over some money. Lucius shoots him like what, point blank, right? Point in and the like, eye. In the eye. And like That's just rough. lets his body fall into the Hudson River. supposed to be his boy. Right. Y'all wasn't friends. Exactly. And so this homeless guy sees it, and then that's where we get to But yeah, so the homeless guy is kind of talking in very much, talking in parables and like, you know, metaphors and allegories. Like, he was Mm kind of all over the place, but in a very Shakespearean type of way, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting, how it led the the detective to find out that this was Lucius Lyon. Yes. And now, you know, put him on his trail. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, this is is deep stuff we're talking about. (laughs) Clearly. Uh, but it's, it's really, really good. And even, honestly, the storyline, like, if you get to some of the some of the campier elements, which I think maybe will be a good segue into talking about respectability politics, yeah. is, you know, their treatment of coming out and, you know, being gay within the show and how that is kind of, that's its own subplot to a degree. Him yes. coming to terms, or oh, I don't even know if it's coming to terms. Yeah, he's, he hasn't he's really chilling. Come to terms. But, uh, well, no, I was talking about Lucius. Oh, Lucius trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's feelings about that, which I thought was interesting. You know, yeah. it's not always handled in the best way. No. But I think that's a good segue to talk about how they feel about it and the respectability politics aspects of the show. Yes. I, one of the things that struck me the most, and I think when I was really trying to get you to, like, catch up on Empire, yeah. is that... Because I just binge watched, by the way. Yeah, you did. It was, it's, a, it's a really fucking good show to binge watch. Yeah, I can only, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I actually binge watched a couple episodes with my sister a few weeks ago, and it was like, the my sister got Bed-Stuy Fish Fry, so she ordered me delivery catfish to my mm. house. And we sat and we watched like three episodes of Empire in a row and drank whiskey from a jar. Like when I tell you, that, like that was an ideal Saturday night. Yeah. I was like, I mean, like that has yet to be matched this month, this this year in 2015. Mm-hmm. But no, it's an excellent show to binge watch. One of the things that I noticed that I really latched onto and that kind of gets me coming back every week is the fact that Empire don't give a fuck about no respectability. Like Empire don't give like 
in some ways that makes for really hilarious and over the top television but and more I don't want to say subtle because nothing about the show is subtle yeah. but I guess in less obvious ways there's some really interesting things at play that sort of make the Empire Universe an interesting and inclusive place to be right I think that's maybe why so many people latch onto it because you know there's this plot line or the subplot about Jamal being gay and whether or not he should come out and mm-hmm. how Lucius has an issue with it and literally nobody else in the family really seems to the only my only issue with that is that Lee Daniels who you know the director of the Butler I want to say he did he direct did he direct Monsters Ball I think he directed yeah it. I know he, he cast it. it I think he directed it too so you have Lee Daniels, who's a gay black man, he's out. He said that part of why he wanted to tackle this Jamal storyline is he's like, you know, because of the homophobia that's rampant in the black community. And I guess, I mean, I'll be honest, I suppose homophobia is rampant in the black community because it's rampant fucking everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think, I think my main, my only issue with the Jamal subplot is when he says, I mean, aside from the fact that this in particular is bad dialogue, but he says things like, well, you know, I would come out, but you know about all the homophobia in the black community. Like, first of all, no one, no one fucking talks like that. Second of yeah. all, black folks are not any more homophobic than anybody else, and definitely not more homophobic than the rest of, like, general society. I wish that we could just put that to bed finally. That was the only thing that where I'm kind of like, Ugh, you know and, what I mean, annoyed. I mean, I think, to counterpoint it a little bit, not to make it any better, but within the context of hip-hop, Hip-hop can be a very homophobic industry. Yes. And that's where they make their bread and butter. So I think that's a little bit more of where they where they were, well, I could, I think where they should have came from. Yes. But, <laughs> but I, I agree, it didn't from, really come out like that. No, he's coming from black folks in general. Yeah. But one thing that I do think is interesting, when you talk about respectability, is the, and I'm not necessarily in, in any position to authoritatively speak on this, mm-hmm. but the relationship between Cookie and Jamal. Yeah. It's very un-PC, the way that they go back and forth with each other, but you still have this... So, like, their their relationship with each other, the way that Cookie communicates with Jamal is not necessarily respectable, but there are all of these other things that happen. There's so much other... Te- there's so much more texture to their relationship where, even though you can see on the surface, maybe Cookie's not using the most PC of terms, you know that she loves her son, she yeah. accepts her son, she supports him. She protects him as well. She She's pro- consistently she, protecting him since Exactly. Childhood. She consistently protects him and she encourages him to be himself mm-hmm. in any environment that he enters. And so that I think is very interesting that they're not having this very PC, quote unquote, respectable gay child, you know, straight parent relationship, but it still works and you can still see that they're family and that they're, they have a really strong love for each other. It seems really clear that she never really got to be a mother to them. You know, she never really got to be that title with them mm-hmm. because of how long she was gone. Yes. You know, so like they call her Cookie. They don't necessarily call, they don't her. call her mom. I think Andre might have done it once. Yes. Because he's older. Yeah, he's yeah. older. But I think, you know, it's very much she just kind of is someone they know who has that relationship and to that degree. And with Jamal, it obviously goes deeper. You can see because she she is there for him and she's empathetic. And they identify strongly with each other. Yeah. Well, also, too, he was the one who, I think, visited her in prison, it seems like. He regularly... Because even... Yeah. She seemed surprised to know certain... Like, the, about certain small changes that had happened in his life. Whereas, Hakeem... The first time she met Hakeem, loved this scene. She beats him with a broom because he called her a bitch. That was great. That was amazing. And the first scene with Andre... 
you can tell that they had some sort of mother-son relationship before she went into yeah. prison, but it wasn't as... She and Jamal were able to sort of get back together and just pick up where they left off because I think that she was surprised. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me you were dating, you know, this guy. Mm-hmm. I th- her surprise le- sort of inferred to, like, uh, rather allowed me to infer. What's that? That she was hurt? Oh, no, that she, that yeah, that maybe she was hurt, be- or surprised, rather, because they kept a- in contact enough mm-hmm. that she was like, oh, you didn't tell me you were dating somebody. Yeah. Like, instead of, you know, like, maybe they had talked last week instead of, I haven't talked to you in 10 years type thing. Yeah. And even you bring up Cookie and Cookie being in prison. Cookie's status as an ex-con, Cookie's status as a formerly incarcerated woman, mm-hmm. it does not make her any less valuable or smart or any less of a valid mother yeah. or any less beautiful or any less interesting or intelligent or business savvy. She's still appealing and she's still valid and she's still herself, even though she is a formerly incarcerated woman, which is uncommon. Yeah. No, I, and I agree. I think... I mean, I think they try to they try to contrast a little bit. I mean, the reason why she is accepted, it's very much because her contrast is portrayed through through Lucius in a way that he's clearly positioned as kind of this Jr. villain type mm-hmm. of person. Wow, you took it back hey. with the Jr. But go hey. ahead. But no, but but you're right. I mean, even when even when she does come back. Mm-hmm. Lucius even is like, yo, she knows music. He was talking to Hakeem. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need to go talk to your mom. You need to go, you know, let her listen to this first. And, you know, she'll help you fix it and get it right. Like, it's it's never doubted her capabilities beyond or, or even outside of the fact that she went to, that she went to prison. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually, even though it's referenced some, mm-hmm. it's not a consistent thing that they use to dig at her. Like, if you think about Lucius, he doesn't really, he's not like... No. You know, well, you were ex-con, you went to jail. Like, he comes at her um, a little bit, but it, that's usually not where he's coming from. No, and that's not where most people on the show are coming from. And even I had uh, mentioned this to you, the people who are, the only people who use Cookie's status as a formerly incarcerated woman to devalue her are people who are supposed to be shitty on the show. Or L. Dallas, which is the episode that you missed with Courtney Love. Courtney Love says something, and I actually realized it was like one of the first times that somebody had said something like a dig at Cookie for her having been to prison. She mentions it because she's supposed to not have her shit to go. She's supposed to be wild and an addict and all of this stuff. Anika. Yeah. I think when she has. She came for a couple times. Yeah, but Anika's supposed to be kind of. You know, an asshole. Nika's kind of a bitch. So, like, she's supposed to be seen as petty and not necessarily... Like, she has this classy exterior. Anika, by the way, is Lucius's... I think we mentioned maybe before his fiance. She's very classic, like, stuck up, very, you know... I'm not gonna. I'm a. De- I was a debutante. I don't want to disturb my pearls. And she's always looking down her nose at cookies. She's, sorry. She said, "I will slit your throat and let it and make sure it doesn't run down my pearls." Exactly. I was dying. <laughs> Shit like that. See the dialogue. You come back every week for dialogue so like good. this, right? So the only people who use cookie status as an ex-con are assholes. Yeah. And it, that's telling. It's basically like. In this universe, in the Empire universe, that's a non-issue. The fact that Cookie went to prison is a non-issue. Or even when, you know, you talk about Cookie going to see her family, or Tasha Smith, who's gorgeous, who plays Cookie's yeah. sister. I think she lives in Philadelphia. That yeah, episode she's she drove to Philly. Philly. Yeah. When they actually drive to, like, Cookie goes to, back to Philly one episode to talk to her because she feels like someone's on her trail. She's talking to Tasha Smith. I don't remember her sister's name on the show. And D. Ray, the comedian, who's also, you know, somebody who's in the mix. And they're sitting on the front porch together. They're in the kitchen. They're in these spaces that I find very familiar. I 
took myself out of it for a second and I'm like, okay, maybe if I'm a non-black, like non-black viewer, I, th- I think it's very interesting that they show everyone on the show, no matter how much money they get or what their job is, everyone's in close proximity to the hood. Everybody's yeah. in close proximity to, it's not like Cookie got money and she doesn't know her sister anymore. Yeah. That's like real life. That's how most black folks, that's how most, I don't even want to jump, but I think that's how a lot of people of color are in general. It's not like you come up, you come up and nobody else comes up As with you. Jeezy says, when I come up, the hood comes come up, up with me. You're so right. And that's, there's no shame attached to being in her sister's house or being with her sister's family or being in Philadelphia or going to the hood for that funeral. There's no shame necessarily attached to those spaces. These are just the spaces that these people occupy. Yeah. And even more than, you know, more than just Cookie, like even in, even Lucius mm-hmm. in, that, in that regard came back. And he knew he had to, you know, come show face, mm-hmm. like, in that, and, you know, deliver that eulogy at Bucky's, at Bucky's funeral. The show is amazing. The show is amazing. The editing on the on the funeral scene, the editing in Gladys general. Gladys Knight saying at, yeah. the editing in general is amazing, but Gladys Knight saying at Bunky's funeral, like, the only thing blacker than that is, this is, a, this is a line that both Eric and I loved when we heard it. It's when Malik Yoba, I don't remember the name of his character, Vernon. Yeah, Vernon. Yeah, That's Vernon right. is, who's kind of like Lucius's right-hand man, but still kind of, he's somebody who's also, he's an addict, and him being an addict is shown respectfully. Yeah. But he's someone who's an addict, also Vernon's right, I mean, sorry, also Lucius's right-hand man. He's seen as somebody, I think, who actually has moral struggles with the way yeah. that Lucius behaves. He kind of sees what's going on, and he's not really with it. But he's telling... Lucius, who killed Bunky, and nobody knows this, right? So he's telling Lucius, like, man, you gotta tell Cookie that Bunky's dead. And he's like, oh man, I can't do that. You know, Bunky was her favorite cousin. <laughs> I was like, has, has blacker the... dialogue ever been written? That is a like, you got everybody got a favorite cousin. Everybody got a favorite cousin. Everybody got a baby cousin. Like <laughs> everybody got their one cousin who don't nobody like no one knows his real name. Yeah, like uh, I I have. Plenty of cousins, uncles, or, co- or like cousins who are so old, but the way y'all's family like like lineage worked out, you have like sixty eight year old cousins, and you call them cousins so and so. I got a cousin buddy. Yeah, I didn't learn my cousin buddy name until probably about four or five years ago, and you know what? I still don't remember it. I thought so. Interesting enough, I was like, I've told you about my cousin, or who I thought was my cousin, Punkaboo. I do know about Punkaboo, but. Turns out that wasn't even family. He was just always around. Wait, when did you find this out? Like, like literally, maybe the summer. You should have put that in the group text because I didn't know that. I I know I know, I know things about cousin Bunkaboo. I didn't know yeah. that he wasn't your cousin. He wasn't family, but we also got like fish head, you know, and Geronimo Pee Wee. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody has those people in their family. It's such an access, like it's such an accessible thing. And the truth is. That doesn't go away if you get a little money. No, <laughs> none of those things go away. You're Unless you act brand new. Yeah, well, and brand new. And you, even if you feel brand new internally, I would guess that still you wouldn't even act brand new because you yeah. don't want to get talked about, exactly. and you don't want people to not have your back should anything go down. Yeah. But yeah, though, that's why I love the show because all of those things are so real, and there's no shame. There's no shame really attached to, or you're not supposed to have shame attached to uh, Jamal's sexual orientation. Or Cookie's prison bid, or how some of the you know some of the folks don't have as much money as everybody else. There's no real like I I just don't feel like I just feel like Empire is kind of a place where I can go every week and not feel like anybody's getting shit on. Like there's yeah. no black people really well, on the show getting 
shit on just by virtue of things that they would get shit shit on like for in real life. I would agree with that. But I do think it's it's interesting and reflective also of how much we kind of come at and come for each other internally in the realistic ways in which we do that. Mm. So, mm. like, <laughs> Cookie is always coming for <laughs> Lucius in terms of, one, him being, like, him basically being brand new. Yes. You know, and, and in my opinion, very, like... New black. new black. I see what you're saying. And the reason why I say I think he's very new black is because a lot of times, you know, he very much has this idea now of this is how we're supposed to act. Exactly. You know, this is how we're supposed to be. Like, and true, he I think he takes it to some more extremes than what I've seen, you know, some of our... Folks do in real life. Yeah, but it's definitely there. But in addition to that, so there's her kind of jabbing him for that. In addition to Cookie and Anika always coming for each other about... Well, one, Cookie coming for her because she light skin, which mm-hmm. is real. I mean, that's like that a... Is real. This is, the joking that always happens. Oh, yeah. And true, it's it, like the roots of it are it, with the colorism, which Extremely is a terrible thing. But yeah, I mean, if but you're a light skinned person, you can't take a good light skinned joke. You got to get kicked out. You got to, you're, you're not, you're not at the next black people meeting. And if you dark skinned, you can't throw a good light skinned joke. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's one of the few gifts you're given. But yeah, I think that's awesome how they, they don't try to clean that up too much, you know, Mm-mm. more so than what's on network TV. And they get a lot, they get away with a lot of stuff. Yes, they do. That really... Blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's even other points. Like, I think about how there's a, there's a really old interview in this book called, I didn't, obviously couldn't send this to you to read, but this book called Why We Make Movies. I cannot remember who made it, but it's this really long interview book with a whole bunch of different interviews of different black filmmakers. So you have you know, cinematographers, you have directors, you have screenwriters, all these different people. And one of my favorites was, uh, this book is maybe almost 10 years old. It was, there's a long interview with Lee Daniels. This came out, I think, around the time of Shadow Boxer. Mm-hmm. Shadow Boxer is this amazing Lee Daniels movie. The casting is off the wall. Like, yeah. you have, yeah, you have Cuba Gooding Jr. His love interest is Helen Mirren, essentially. Yeah. And, like, when when Helen Mirror was in her, like, peak, I'm old but still fine yeah. phase. Like, yes, when everybody was, like, coming, when everyone was like, whoa, wait, this woman is bad as hell. Yeah. Right. So that's happening. You also have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Monique who are in, a, they're in a, yeah. Wow. There's, I, there's, I a, there's a, there's a, there's a cunnilingus scene with them in a doctor's office in that movie. I've watched this movie, like, 20 times. Just because as much as I can't deal with Lee Daniels filmmaking like as a whole I, I find a lot of problems with the things that he makes like pre- there's a lot of problems with Precious there's a lot of problems yeah. with Monsters Ball there's a lot of problems you know with the butler but something that I've always admired about him is that he has an eye for placing people sometimes not all of the time in like in certain positions as far as casting where a lot of other people would say no Yeah, and there are a lot of women, like we even talked about age. Like Naomi Campbell is a love interest of Hakeem. Now, obviously, I think that's going to play into some weird, like Oedipus, yeah. like mommy issue thing. Yeah. But Naomi Campbell is well, a woman. She call, he calls her mommy. Yes, but he if, does call if, her mommy. If you're going to miss it, <laughs> she's like, What do you call me? me. Yes, mommy, mommy, right. But all of the women who are on the show, they're all. I think appear even Anika appear to be over thirty, over forty in their fifties, maybe even are attractive, are interesting, are still glamorous, are sexy. Um, You have intelligent, like and and pretty well 
like even pretty well positioned in their careers. Like yes. if you think of Nika, even yeah, though yeah, she Anika's is smart. supposed to be the villain, she's really smart. And she she has clearly generated results within her her position. Yeah, you see that she's there not just because she's sleeping with Lucius, but because she, like they seem like they have an established relationship. Yeah. But she got there based upon her professional acumen, like you yeah. said in the Boomerang episode. And Tiana too, who yes. also you know who's shown she shows some initial restraint against like kind of sleeping her way to the top yeah and yeah i mean it's clear that she can sing and that she had talent and she was somebody who's gonna be somebody yes and tiana tiana is hakeem's love interest she's interesting too because on one hand she's hakeem's love interest she at first she didn't want anything to do with him you could tell like you said she's really talented singer and dancer and then hakeem comes in and then she's like all right actually i want to fuck you on this floor right <laughs> yeah, now and right I was now like, what i was like this is crazy and then the next episode they're like boyfriend and girlfriend but he's still fucking with camilla who is Naomi Campbell and they were supposed to have dinner with Cookie this was like family dinner with Cookie Tiana and Hakeem and she's like uh uh-uh. uh you she's like I don't care about you standing me up you're not going to disrespect my mother like this and she's talking to Cookie about how she was raised right and she's like my mama you know big mama didn't play any bullshit she's getting on Hakeem's ass for being an asshole to his mom and then also it turns out I love talking about this show <laughs> Tiana has a secret white girlfriend she finds out that because at first she finds out that Hakeem has Camilla and she's like look I don't care about you having this girlfriend you're not being professional and then she has a secret white girlfriend and then they want to be in a polyamorous relationship like a three way relationship with Hakeem but Hakeem's kind of heartbroken he's not into it because he thought he loved Tiana and it's just like wild but it's interesting that Tiana is like this very sexy vixen very smart and like career savvy and talented also like quote unquote raised right also polyamorous it's like she's not and she could easily have been like quote unquote the slut or hoe yeah. of the show but she's not she's like she has more she has more texture and context yeah or even yeah. you know Portia like yeah. there's so many shows where Portia is Cookie's assistant Portia could have been played for like Step and Fetch It Laughs yeah. which she's not I thought they were going to go in that direction. It and then seemed she, like they were. It seemed like they were going to, and then they didn't. And then poor Portia, or Portia could have been cast as like some, you know, super light-skinned, wavy hair. Portia is a dark-skinned woman who is not necessarily petite. She's thick. And she's not necessarily traditionally conventionally attractive, but she's not played for laughs. Same thing with Gabby Sidibe. She's not played for laughs on this show the same way she is on like everything else that she's that she's on. Well, or played tragic and everything else that she's Yeah, like. I mean, I would agree with that about Gabby Sibide. Uh, I think they knew they had to do that differently with her mm-hmm. because that's so much of how she gets typecast in mm-hmm. all other roles. Oh, I know she and, she and, um, and Lee, Daniels. Lee Daniels are tight. Yeah. I think Portia's the butt of a lot of jokes, but I think they do take pains to make sure they show that she's not dumb. Yes. So a lot of times, like, Cookie will repeat. She will be like, yes, Portia, you're right, but go. Like, get away from me, Portia. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, and I, I like that, that she still, like you said, has value. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's like, valid. it's more like a go-home Roger instead yeah. of, like, Portia, you're so fucking dumb. Yeah. But interesting enough, the thing that you said you to come back to, you were talking about Lee Daniels and how he kind of always pulls these characters up who are at stations in life where, you know, we typically don't go mm-hmm. um, in terms of TV and movies. Yeah. But I do, the only thing that sometimes troubled me that, that turned out to be really ref, like refreshing on Empire because of its like clear, campy style mm-hmm. is like, I feel like sometimes Lee Downs can trot those things out as a way of being provocative mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily treat those aspects with some levels of respect. Like Monsters Ball. Exactly. Yeah. Like Monsters Ball. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay. But with Empire, I will give him credit. Mm-hmm. That everybody comes off 
like you said, it's valid. I mean, I think I was trying to find a better word, but there's not. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a space. Everybody has a role. And even the provocative aspects about people's lives mm-hmm. are not treated as this thing to make you disregard them. Like, even, you know, Camilla and Hakeem. Like, that shit is weird. Yeah. <laughs> that May-December romance. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, but even within that, it's a plot line. It's not, like, something that makes Camilla less of a person. Yes. Yeah. It makes me... Um, oh, the interview that I was trying to refer to earlier in this book, how, Why We Make Movies. This guy's interviewing Lee Daniels, and he was saying... This is actually an interesting Halle Berry story. He had was looking for somebody to play I think Letitia was the character's yeah. name in Monsters Ball and Halle Berry was desperate to play Letitia uh, because for her that would be going against type and actually giving her something regardless of how you feel about that movie that was giving her more to do than she had previously been yeah. given to do in a lot of movies I mean her movie right before then was Catwoman right or was it no right she got Catwoman that was her first mm-hmm. yeah exactly that was the first one after the Oscar it's tough out here for us yeah but yeah. Uh, clearly Lee Daniels was saying that she had been gunning for this role and he kept saying no 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 you're too pretty and she was like it's girls in every hood that look just like me and that was something that stuck out to him and obviously she ended up getting the part like I said how we feel about the movie we're not going to get into right now because it's a new it's like we're a, we're we're time wise I'm not in the mood to do that my spirit is not in the mood to talk about 2001 bullshit right now <laughs> anyway but that is something that stuck with him and I think like I said I think that he's been having a lot of he's I don't like evolved. What's that? He's evolved in some ways. Yes, he's evolved in some ways. I don't like a lot of... I don't like like as a whole his body of work. I don't like a lot of things that he's done. But that particular point, I think that he's finally found the right project to finally let that... Because I think what's one of his talents, letting, you know, finding people who other people would normally not want to cast uh, for certain roles. I think finding people like that interesting work to do is something that I think that he has a talent for and I think he's finally found the right project where he can let that talent sing. Well, even honestly, just to kind of come, I mean, not to bash him after you just, you know, paid him a pretty good compliment, which was fair. It's a but fair like, compliment. It's, a, it's what we're, we're doing the best I can. <laughs> but like, even that was a little bit of like a patriarchal bullshit, like what he said to Hallie. Because Hallie's first and biggest role was fucking Jungle Fever, where she played a crackhead. Exactly. With Samuel L. Jackson. And she, you know, clearly showed it. Arguably, it was one of her strongest roles ever. I would agree. That was one of those where I was like, that actually boomerang. I was like, Halle Berry can act. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely has talent. A lot of people play her, and she chooses some roles that are, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. She ain't Angela Bassett, but how many of us are? It's like the same way not everybody is Meryl Streep. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, I just think, I don't know, that that to me is a little ridiculous. And oh, I thought, I thought him saying that was completely ridiculous. Yeah, but it's interesting that that also shines through. Like, he literally has a conversation like that. Uh, well, not him. Him speaking through proxy through Lucius. Okay. In terms of in the show, we were talking about the episode where we wanted to, where he wanted to sign the rapper from a rival label. Mm-hmm. So Nika wants to be the one to show that you know I can I can talk to anybody. I can go these places where Cookie goes. Right. And so she wants to go talk to his manager, and they right. go. <laughs> Sorry, this was the most like this is the most like forehead slapping moment yes. in the show so far to me. Oh, well, one of them anyway. So they go to talk to this guy, and there's a drive-by. Yes. Like, in the middle of their conversation. You know, I, I just threw my hands up. I'm like, I don't know. But yes, there was a drive-by. And Terrence Howard slams her to the floor and screams, I gotta keep you away from these people. 
Now, see, that to me was more of a class thing. That to me was much, much more of a class thing. And I hated that line. But I did understand from a class standpoint, from him, like Lucius the businessman, having that previous conversation before they even went to this meeting, where he's like, of anybody who was in your stable, would you, if you had to go to meet with these people, that's that's what you're gonna send, right? Like you're not gonna send, you're not gonna, you're not yeah. gonna send Anika because she's not, she doesn't have the she cultural fluency that. to be able to that code switching. Exactly. She's not gonna be able to do it. Whereas you send somebody like Cookie or like even when Jamal, I was very impressed yeah. by when Jamal went and recorded up. Jamal got cut off by Lucius for being gay or some other confluence of reasons. I don't even really remember. It don't even fucking matter, but. <laughs> Basically, now Jamal, I love it too because Jamal was living in this fresh ass apartment with his man, right? When he gets cut off by his dad, he's like, they're like, he's like, now I have to move to Bushwick. Yo, which is like, Bushwick is like. Bushwick looks so terrible. They do. They make Bushwick look like, like Skid Row. And then, like. Had, so, sorry. We had water stains on the <laughs> fucking walls and ceiling. I just couldn't. They were talking about rats. They showed one big ass roach crawling. They sh- and they stomp it and leave it on the fucking floor. Oh my god! Or when he they had like basically out. He walks outside of his apartment building and it's like homeless people above this barrel that it are like fire. keeping themselves warm on like a fire or something like that. I'm just like, look, you guys, Bushwick looks like girls slash Broad City now. Like let's it's be more real. vegan bakeries and Bushwick, in Bushwick than, than you know homeless people around barrels. Straight up, <laughs> it's very very true. And even I love too. The best, best part. And I was watching the newest episode again yesterday because I truly have no life. But I love that now that Jamal's broke, mm-hmm. he, his apartment looks like everybody's apartment. Like, yeah, so if you look at it, his apartment looks like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, so this is what people think a poor, a poor person's apartment yeah. looks That looks like, it looks like how I live. live. But <laughs> okay. But yeah, I thought that was more, I thought it was very interesting how Jamal is supposed to be like, you know, Lucius thinks of him as soft or whatever, or not masculine enough, and he's gay, and it's this issue. But I think it's very interesting that when he goes up to record, I think he was in the Bronx, recording in that wild-ass recording studio that where they came and they shot him up in the Bronx? I think this is the episode I missed. Oh. This is the last one? No. Hmm. You fucking up. Wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like you're a traitor. I feel like if you're not caught up on Empire... By end of March, you're new black. Dang. Yeah, that's this that's is rude. this is the rules. We talked about the last meeting, but you weren't there because you missed <laughs> you missed the meeting time because you wasn't watching Empire. Because that's actually when they get out. I was off watching now. Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm not talking to you anymore. Anyway, I find it very interesting that Jamal's supposed to not be tough at all, right? But when it comes time for him to go up into the Bronx and record in the quote unquote hood, he could as we like to say, handle himself. He yeah. could handle himself. And I found that very, 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 very interesting. Just little things like that that kind of let me know that in addition to the fact that Empire is wildly popular and it's fun, Empire's I think, trying to do something a little bit different than maybe some of its predecessors. And I find that comforting and interesting. No, I definitely agree. And it's a great show. And it's one, you know, I definitely think it has a lot of value. A lot of people try to come for it like, mm-hmm. yo, this shit is trash. And, you know, I mean, trash is a word that can be used with, like, you know, a really rude and mean intent. Or it can be something that, yeah, okay, it's a yes. little bit of trash TV. Yeah. But it's fun. And it, it does, I agree, it does approach a, a variety of topics that don't get any network play. Like, mm-hmm. any network play. Yeah. And it approaches them with a lot of care and respect that's surprising for a show of its own ridiculousness. Of its, that, especially a show that so deeply acknowledges 
in revels in its own ridiculousness. The one thing that I'm nervous about, I'll be honest, is uh-huh. like Empire, you know, there's a lot of conversation about Empire and Blackish. You know, Blackish was really on a on a surge. Like it was on oh, a, yeah. before the was it mid-season break? Is that what they call it? Yeah, I guess. Something yeah. like the holidays. The, before the mid-season hiatus. Blackish was on a like on a rocket in terms yes. of viewership and ratings. I mean, but what Empire's been able to do is just, like, unprecedented. Oh, it's unbelievable. But I'm worried that Blackish as a show isn't going to have as much of a place anymore. And it's kind of stolen a little bit of that shine because of how popular Empire is. Not to say within our community, mm-hmm. but in terms of resources like promotion, um, in oh. addition to make sure that they're not going head to head with each other, you know, fighting for the sh- same viewership. Like, you know, everybody ain't got a DVR. Black, I thought Blackish came on at, oh, it comes on at night. Yeah, it comes on, on Wednesday. Nice. I think that what will end up happening is I think that they'll switch the day. When they switch them to is also going to be a thing. Because, like, with some shows, you can get switched to that, like, Friday night death slot. Blackish is not going to end up in the Friday night death slot. There are other shows that will end up in the Friday night death slot before Blackish. I mean, let's not forget, Blackish has been really popular still. It's, it's still really and it's popular. It's a different, again, it's a different type of show. I'd be concerned maybe if they were the same type of show. It's like comparing revenge to modern family. No, I totally hear that. But my thing is, I don't think. And they're not even on the same network. Well, no, I think that's the issue. So, the, I think if they were on the same network, it would be... Honestly, oh, they'd be, if they were on it'd the be same synergistic, network, it'd be fine. Yeah, but because they are on competing networks, and even as more shows begin to come out, like I think what Blackish has done is very unique, and I don't think it's beyond network executives to go, well, Empire's doing that. Let's make all our shows like this. Think about it right now. Even, you know, even with shows I like, if you talk about comic book shows, so right now, as a result of Arrow... Mm-hmm. Become or even if you want to go back a little bit, well, no, because small after Smallville things kind of died. Down. Yeah, they died down. But Smallville was a shit. As a result of Arrow, you have I want to say four or five new superhero shows coming out. True. Majority of them are also coming on CW, but a lot of them are also being replicated by other networks True. like Gotham on Fox. Mm-hmm. And there's a new Supergirl show that's coming out on like CBS or NBC really? or some shit like that. Yeah, mm, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Jury's out. But all I'm saying is. We've seen them replicate the same thing over and over and over and over and over again until it's fucking dead. If you look at, like, American Idol, you have American Idol, The Voice, you have X Factor, you have all these fucking shows. They just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. I'm hoping that Blackish can continue to gain its own success and its own viewership, even though they're very different, Uh and that we can continue to have a variety of different shows. See, that's more my concern. I'm not really concerned about, I think that Black is just going to be fine. I obviously, I think the Empire is going to be more than fine. My hope, though, is that we don't next season get another Blackish and another Empire to join the ones that already exist. I'd like to see, like, a completely different type of show. Like, I would be happy if we had, and we haven't done an episode on this yet, but, like, and there are lots of, we have feelings about Transparent, but there are certain things about Transparent's tone I would be so excited to see a show that had a similar tone done with black folks or at least folks of color. Like, I would like to see different types of shows. Like I said, my only concern is that we're just going to start replicating them. So I think Blackish is going to be fine. I just don't want to see three more Blackishes. I was supposed to say next semester. Jesus. Next season. Well, I mean, I think you already are kind of seeing this. Like, as much as Fresh Off the Boat is great, I Uh, do think they... I do think... And this is not to say Fresh Off the Boat is only is only there because Blackish is there because yeah. they were both in development at the same time. Same time, yeah. But I do think that ABC is very much in a situation where they're like, yo, 
let's be the diversity network. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're definitely trying to touch all these similar points after seeing what a modern family can do. Yes. So I think that's where those two, like, where those things kind of come from. So I don't, I would not be surprised at all if we got, like, three or four more blackish uh, type shows or fresh off the boat type shows for a variety of different ethnic groups well, pop up next different season. ethnic groups gonna be real I know Shade to Cristela I'm like I'm I'm happy homegirl got her show I f- do feel like it's kind of safe and a little corny I've seen stand up of her it's pretty corny I've seen stand up of hers and I think that she's funny but I just think that the show isn't really coming together which is a common comedian like yeah. sitcom issue but I mean I'm open to seeing more like family sitcoms with people of different ethnicities. I would like to see that. It makes me feel good. Do you know how many white family sitcoms there are on yeah. that I don't even know the names of? I could probably go on for a minute. It's a lot of them. You got Mom. You got uh, um, You got the Goldbergs. You right. Got... I didn't even know that was still on TV. I happened to see a commercial for that yesterday, and I was like, wait, this shit is still on? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Big Bang Theory, that's not a family sitcom, but, like, it's on. Yeah. It's like a million, or, like, you know, The War at Home. They got shows. Mm, I, I, I don't know if that's really even a real title. I could have made it up, but you kind of believe it because it's plausible, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a million shows like that. But I do, so, yeah, I think it's cool. The more, like, if we get another evening drama with black folks on it, I'm excited about that. I just mm. don't want it to be, like. Carbon copy. Exactly. Yeah, not for you, there. Yeah, right. so I don't worry about blacker's viewership. I don't, blacker. Blacker's viewership? <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry about blackish's viewership. I just don't. I want to see more variety. I think that Empire and Blackish both represent long, seriously long overdue variety that we've needed. And I want to see that continue. So. No, I agree. I mean, my thing, my, my goal is to get a, a black superhero show. Since DC is popping right now, DC uh-huh. Comics, I think they need to do like a Cyborg War spinoff. I think actually a black superhero show could could get off the ground if someone actually put their mind to it could get off the ground more quickly um, and grow a, like a solid viewership that could actually lead us to a legitimately not just a flash in the pan or not just like canary in a coal mine like a legitimate black superhero or superheroes of color like movie moment so yeah. obviously we have Black Panther coming out but I think that people would get more used to the idea of a black superhero movie if they could get a black superhero TV show and TV shows are, it's easier just because it's, it's smaller. It's cheaper, exactly. It's easier to get the budget yeah. to you know have a lead of color. So interesting enough, and this is you know my last thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, talking about that, there. So Marvel recently reacquired the rights to Spider Man. Um, I know. Yeah, and right. like there have been a lot of really exciting conversations. So one of those exciting conversations is that they're going to use. The uh, they're taking Spider-Man back to high school, so mm-hmm. they're going to get rid of the Andrew Garfield um, inc- incarnation, 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 incarnation yeah. of, um, and they're going to use a much younger, a much younger person. Mm-hmm. So the rumor, dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 is that they're going to use the Miles Morales, yes, version of Spider-Man who yes. is in high school. Yeah, he's Afro Latino boy. Exactly, Afro. That would be so dope. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not the person to tears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch it every week. We'll see. So, we'll see. you know, anyway, TV is definitely becoming... It's blackening up. Yeah. Blackening up. <laughs> you didn't see me dance. Eric saw it. And yeah, he... In, I don't want to see it. I was going to say, you know, in the Bible, when they look back at... Is that Sodom and Gomorrah? That's a shitty story. But they turn to a pillar of salt. <laughs> yeah. Anytime anybody looks at me dance, they they must turn into a fucking pillar of salt. That is what it is. That's On that note... Happening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Watch Empire. Seriously. Watch, watch Empire. If you watch Empire and you tweet me about Empire. 
She'll tweet you back. I will fucking tweet you back. Got nothing I, else to do. I got no goddamn <laughs> other thing going on in my life. I love talking about Empire. Because right now, it's basically like me and my mom and my auntie going back and forth. And, I mean, they might kill me for saying this. Maybe not my auntie. But Cookie, if Cookie is any person, Cookie is my mom and my auntie put together. You, you and might get in trouble. I have Cookie blood in me. Have you, you seen it, have, have you seen it come out before? I sadly have. And on that note, thank you for listening. To thank you for listening. <laughs> We'll see you next week. All right. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy.